Here's a question. How does an ordinary person land their dream job in the sports industry immediately after graduating? Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. I'm Ruben Williams. And I'm Ryan Walker. In 2017, we said goodbye to exams and hello to full-time work. This is a behind-the-scenes reveal of exactly how the best sports industry professionals in the world created careers that most only dream of. We believe every dream job in sport is worth chasing, and that's why we want to give you the tools to make it a reality. For a proven process to getting jobs in sport, download our free ebook. How to Get Jobs in Sport, The Sports Grad Method. You can get this for free at www.sportsgrad.com.au. Hello and welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast. My name is Ryan Walker and with me as always is the Dean of Deacon, Ruben Williams. How are you today, mate? G'day, Ryan. I'm very well, my friend. You'd be on holidays now that the BBL has wrapped up. How are, how are things? I presume you're up in Queensland right now? Um, no, not, not on holidays yet. Uh, there is some leave booked in, but, uh, no, it's actually a relatively busy time right now. Obviously for partners, we've got to basically do our end of year reviews. So we're, uh, we're working hard on them at the moment. And then, um, towards the back end of Feb, early March, I can, I can get about a week off. So very exciting, but no, a massive, um, massive season of BBL. Um, and it was, yeah, a mammoth effort to, to get through it and, here we are a week later. So anyway, let's uh let's get on to our guest for today, um, Abby McNish from from Carlton Football Club. Um it was a cracking chat, I must say. Um and a lot of lot of points there that I think a lot of students out there can really harness and, and get involved with because there were some really practical um practical points that we spoke about, which is awesome. Um personally love sort of her you know she spoke a lot about um the extracurricular activities that she got involved with um and obviously was able to use that experience at university to really leverage herself in her interview with with Carlton which eventually um she got a job in membership at but it was just so cool to hear about her getting involved in all these different things you know uni sport um different clubs and societies and whatnot and how she was able to really just use that as some practical examples in her interview to, to basically land that role. So that was probably one thing that, you know, listeners should really wait for and, and, and get involved in because there are some really good examples there. Yeah, those examples were instrumental for her getting that job at Carlton and those experiences gave her those skills. And she talks about this more uh, in full coming up, but she talks about how those experiences gave her the skills to do her current role which is, you know, commercial marketing and administration coordinator at Carlton Football Club. So it's interesting to hear how, you know, you wouldn't expect to develop the same skills in a university society that get used at the Carlton Football Club, but that was the case for her. Absolutely. Um, the third point that I'll say now is what I got out of this interview, which was fantastic, was getting a great insight into how you operated at uni. So in about a couple of minutes' time when when the listeners uh continue with this podcast, they'll have a great insight into Ruben Williams at Deakin University, um, which was great. Um, I, I believe there are a couple of words to describe your uh, your behaviour, which was fantastic. Positive, uh, no negative, but yeah, for those listening, get ready. It's a great insight. So, anyway, let's, um, let's get into it because um, it's a really interesting interview. Grab a pen and enjoy the chat with Abby McNish. Abby, welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. 
Abby, those at home listening won't know this, but we went through Deacon at, at the same time together. And while we didn't really know each other, your name came up quite a bit because you were the captain of just about everything. You must have been one of the most popular people at Deacon at the time. Is that right? Look, I probably wouldn't put it that way. I'd say I was probably just overly willing to help out with the extracurricular activities and that really uh, shot myself with a foot for some things. But overall, it turned out to be a really good experience. Abby, uh, why don't you give us a bit of an insight into what Ruben was like uh, during his, his Deacon days? He, he doesn't stop talking about it um, and he seems to be a bit of a king of the campus. So I'd love to get a bit of an ins- insight into what he was like in the uni days. Well, just whatever you have in your head, I think is exactly right. The <laughs> overachiever, bit of a sucker. No, I'm joking. I didn't actually <laughs> even know him in uni. <laughs> <laughs> it was towards the end of my degree that I started seeing his name pop up, head of the societies and all those sort of things. Um, and he's pretty much developed into exactly what you would have expected. Um, works very hard. You can see it pay off, which I'm glad to see. And it's good that our paths have come to cross again. I wonder if he was sending emails at 1am at uni like he does today, kind of kind of a, a similar sort of vibe. But Let's. Who was um, that one? Um, who was that? That one posting on the discussion boards before the assignment had even been posted. I reckon. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I love this. I, uh, I love this. Uh, well, that really backfired on me. Anyway, let's continue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Abby, why, why don't you share a bit about uh, your journey through? I guess where you started in high school, how you came through uni as as the deacon captain, which we'll touch on short shortly, and then how you found your way into the Carlton Football Club. Yeah, absolutely. So I started out, uh, grew up in a small town, country girl, um, in South Gippsland and always had a keen interest in sport, played a lot of sport and didn't really know that that could turn into a career, I guess, but chose my year 12 subjects mainly based off what I enjoyed, which was PE, health, that sort of area, a bit of maths. Um, and then I was lucky to find the degree at Deakin that sort of put all those things together as well as um, a career path that I could actually see myself going down, which back then was actually sports science. So I started out in the double of sports science and sports business, which was very lucky because I ended up definitely moving a lot more towards the sports business side. I found the sports science was really interesting from a hobby perspective and understanding to go to gym and keep yourself fit, but I didn't see myself working in that area. So I was lucky that I had the sports management to sort of back me up and from there, yeah, really found that area enjoyable in the last few years of my degree. And then when I got to the end, I was a little bit unsure of where I wanted to go, if I wanted to continue studying or go straight out into a job. Wasn't really sure what job I would go to then. Um, so I did the same thing that every other girl does when she's finished uni or unsure of what she wants to do. I went to Europe for six months um, and that was really good. It made me realise I actually really miss studying. So I came back and went into my master's uh, as sports business and at the same time I was lucky enough to see a position pop up at Carlton and I thought what a good way to put the two together to get some real industry experience. Um, so I applied for that and that was in the membership department. was lucky enough to get that role which turned pretty quickly into full-time work as well as finishing off my master's which was a tough few years but the people at Carlton were super supportive, helping me get through. And it was also really good to put the practical knowledge from my degree. Um, you could see it happening at the club, which was really beneficial for my grades as well. So I had examples to fall back on. And then 
finished off my master's, was working membership for a while, and then I moved over to the corporate department, which I've been there for about two years now. So that's pretty much my progression from high school to where I am now. Awesome. I mean, and we can't, uh, you know, we can't say a bad thing about doing the the annual Europe trip. I'm sure there's a lot of people who would be dying to be doing that this year. Um, I, for one, was someone who did that not quite six months. But, yeah, I can see why, yeah, a lot of people do head off and actually find out what they kind of miss about, you know, uni and, and work and stuff like that. Um, and none other than, of course, our man Rubes did the same thing. Ryan, something's just come across my desk here. I've, I've found a text message that I sent to Abby at the start of 2018 asking about if she'd be interested in getting involved in sports grade at all. Ah. And she actually replied saying, thanks for, thanks for the offer. I'm actually heading to London to at the start of, of May for a couple of months. Sounds awesome. Um, but, yeah, I'll be in Europe. <laughs> That's um, like you really – Gone into the archives for that one. Uh, like, like you gone into the great really? phone to find such a. We, such we a, keep mentioning the uh, level of research we go to on this podcast. Well, and so I just want to continue the theme, and especially because that's just come across your desk as well. So, so a bit of late mail that's come across, which is great. I'm yeah, sort of disappointed that I didn't take you up on the offer earlier. You could be sitting where I am, Abby. I, I don't know. <laughs> You know, I I might not even exist anymore. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back on track. Um, Abby, um, as Ruben said, you, you certainly made the most of your time at uni by, by getting involved in a, a range of leadership positions at the Deakin Football and Netball Clubs as well as being the Deakin team captain at the prestigious uni games. What were some of the highlights uh, of your time at Deakin? Definitely not the classes. When I think back, that's not at all what I think of. But as you mentioned the whole uni games experience and everything that comes along with it was what I think about most. To be honest, when I think back, I can't even remember going to classes. Like I know we did, but yeah, the uni games experience and not so much even just the week away at uni games that you do twice. Well, we did twice a year. I think they do it once a year now, but more so the activities outside of that. So we run like a social comp and events um we did like a sports ball and more so just like the friends you meet doing those things that's where all my memories come from and my friendship group now is predominantly made up of people that I met through uni games not through uni classes and from there it's developed into pretty much the group that we hang out with weekends go to events and that sort of thing and when I think back to uni and my memories it sort of transitions all the way from uni to where I'm at right now yeah, who would have thought that I going to a stall at O-Week just to find out about netball would have developed into pretty much building who I am now. That's awesome because I think I know for myself I was I tended to lean on the side of get in, go to class, go home, and it wasn't until probably you know, the last year and a half that I started to get a bit more involved. And so to see where that's kind of taken you is, is absolutely awesome. Abby, you mentioned some of the events that you were involved in running. What were some of the skills and learnings that you gained from volunteering in those leadership roles and, and what opportunities, I guess, are available for students who are looking to do the same? I think the biggest one, although every person says they know how to multitask, I don't think you actually do until you add something like the volunteer experience on top of the work that you're already doing around part-time work, keeping up with uni, your own social life, keeping fit and healthy, that sort of thing. When you add this volunteering, and this is quite a hands-on experience, um, a lot of hours each week, that's when I feel like I truly learn how to multitask, which now in my full-time work, 
has built those skills for me. Without that, I wouldn't have known my capacities, how to manage things and also how to call it when things are just getting a little bit too much and how to manage that fine line, which I'm still definitely learning how to do. Um, I think the other one would be the practical experience that it provided me with. You know, you learn all the things you learn in the classroom. It's a lot of the time it's off books and in paper, but doing the DKID netball, that's definitely gives you practical experience around working with people, problem solving in a environment that is very similar to where you're most likely going to work if you continue down that path. And I think a lot of the, you know, dealing with students who, I don't know, overstressed or angry about not making a team, that sort of thing, dealing with those situations has been so beneficial when you come to dealing with clients when you've had to cancel John Nichols' medal, which happened on the weekend, all those sort of things really set me up well, but without even realizing that I was going to. I love what you said about um, you know learning about what capacity you have to to work with and how much you can fit in because uh, and I really resonate with that because I found that you know the more you take on the more you found you can squeeze in and the more you get out of that in return was, was there anything that allowed you to t- to take on more where you felt like you've done a whole bunch of stuff in this in the past and you found that you can manage that and you, and then another thing came up and you thought you know what I'm doing pretty well with this I reckon I could probably squeeze another one in because I've learned to manage my time? Yeah, I guess so with work, when I think about it, each opportunity that I've been presented with through my job probably reflects being able to manage what I've already had. So I've had a lot but a lot of opportunities come up. So obviously I started in the membership department and then I moved across to the commercial department and I started in a role that was solely around Carlton and Business, which is a business networking organisation that we run. Um, so it was mainly in that area. And then I guess I was really lucky that they asked me if I wanted to take on more, like a, taking on the co- a coterie group, which was like a group of like 80 to 90 people managing them. And I guess, yeah, that taught me that I was able to, I had what I was already doing down packed to a degree and I was able to take on more. But at the same time, I think what I've developed more so over the last two years is also knowing when you've got enough on your plate. Because I think in a work environment, I reckon you guys would be the same. So many opportunities come up and you can just keep saying yes and yes and yes to work and then you just wear yourself down. So I've probably learned when to start saying no and when to ask for help, which is something that I think has come a little bit later. There wasn't so much a uni, but I think that's even, I think that's just as important as being able to take on more is knowing when you've taken on too much. Yeah, great call. Great call. I think and as well, if you go into sort of any entry-level role, everyone kind of thinks that, oh, I don't know, not everybody, but when you start that role, you feel like you should just say yes to every single thing and try and do everything you possibly can because you want to make a good impression. Um, so, I think it's part of like getting into work and obviously having experience to be able to push back a little bit and be like, well, no, if I say yes to everything, that's too much um, and you know, as you said, you're going to get worn out. So, I want to quickly touch on a point you just made as well around when you're at uni and having those tough conversations. And I think what I think it's a good point for, for listeners out there because if you think about it, uni is almost like a, a, it's like a practice for when you go into the workplace. So, anytime that you can get an opportunity to, you know, have a tough conversation or approach things in a way that is similar to what you're going to have to do eventually, Absolutely take that opportunity because right there you said obviously you had to do those things and have those conversations and that's kind of like a practice whereas like when you're at Carlton during the week, that's the real life version. So, 
you might as well have as many practice sessions as you possibly can because you don't really get them that often. Um, yeah, and I think in uni, when you're at uni, everyone's a little bit more accepting and things are a little bit more relaxed. And then, yeah, when you get to work, full-time work, it is, like you said, it's the real thing. But I think you also don't, in normal uni, going about your degree, I don't think you'd have a whole lot of opportunities to have difficult conversations, which I think is something that's really important when you get further down the track. Had an example the other day, like my little sister's going through union. As you do, you get stuck with a bad group. And she was like, oh, I don't know how to approach it. And I was like, this is a perfect situation. You don't get this very much. I was like, you don't understand. You have the confidence to go in, say what you need to say, and you whatever result you're going to get. But um, you don't get many opportunities to have those difficult conversations if you're just going about your normal degree. That's why I was so lucky going through and doing the volunteering, doing the deacon netball. And there's a lot of people involved in that and you do have to have true conversations. It's a tough world. Like not everyone's going to make the team. Not everyone can go on every outing. Not everyone's entitled to tickets to each event, Um, which is so similar when you come to working in the role that I'm working in now. And there are things that people at 18 to 24 are probably a little bit more accepting, easy to, easier to manage than when you get to full-time role and you're dealing with 60-year-old males who are used to having t- two tickets to every event and, you know, things change. So it's really good skills to learn, like you said. I think that's a, a great mindset to, to have as well when you're approaching that situation during uni, thinking like, you know, what a great opportunity to kind of deal with this conflict when it's in a relatively trivial uh, manner compared to what you might be dealing with down the track and that's clearly set you up very well to handle those situations. That probably leads to our next question, which really is sort of how, how do you think those experiences at uni have, have sort of helped you in, in your roles right now? Obviously, you've been in membership and now um, commercial at Carlton. I think the main thing they helped me build going through uni was confidence in my abilities. Obviously, you have jobs working part-time and that's great for building up skills and confidence as well. But I think having the opportunity at Deakin to do what I did around planning events, um, yeah, looking after large groups, when I then started applying for jobs, I realised, oh, I've already done a lot of these things without even realising I had all this really good experience that employers were, re- they were they were into, like they wanted to know how you're able to do these things and through a normal uni degree probably wouldn't have had the same opportunity to build my confidence like that. So would you say in your interview at Carlton there were more examples used in the questions that they asked you that related to the extracurricular stuff that you did through the events of the netball club and football club than the actual curriculum that you learnt from? Oh, absolutely. I don't think they even knew what my actual degree was. They probably read it, but they didn't ask anything about grades. I've never been asked for a transcript. They didn't ask any subjects that I'd done. They obviously asked about part-time work, which that's still important. I was lucky to work at Rebel, so sort of in line with that. But they were so interested in the volunteer work. And I think as soon as they see volunteer as well, that's a huge plus although I didn't see the Deacon as a volunteer experience. I just sort of saw it as getting to hang out with my friends, got to do netball stuff, planning events. Like that's super cool. Whereas volunteering, when I normally thought of it, I was like, I don't know, doing something like, oh, I have to go and do these hours and get it done. But that's why I think there's so many opportunities at universities in different areas 
you just got to find your area and committees are always looking for help. But yeah, I, I do, I clearly remember my interview actually at Carlton, my first one, because I think I was so nervous about it. It was like my first real interview. And I only remember them asking about the Deacon events that I'd put on because we had like 300, the sports ball back then I think had like 300 people. Um, the netball comp that we were running had like 120 people with, we had to put them in teams, organize that sort of thing. And a lot of it was about customer service without realizing um, had a big focus on that. And that's what the role, my first membership role ended up being. So I didn't realize how good the experience that I was getting through Deakin was going to be for my full-time, what now is my full-time position. Were there any other key examples that came out in your interview? Only around my job at Rebel Sport that I can remember. It was two and a bit years ago now, so you're really testing me. Um, but <laughs> I think it was, again, a fair bit around customer service and dealing with tense situations, which you'd also get um, at a sports store and especially where we were located in Richmond. We had a few um, tricky customers that you had to be able to deal with, but that also helped a lot for dealing with people um, on the phones in membership, which is a really, a really tough role to start out with. And everyone that's in membership or worked in call centers and that sort of thing, you don't realize how tough it's going to be and how fired up people can get over the phone. So that's what they were sort of asking questions to test that sort of thing, which is something you know, wouldn't normally come out of uni with experience unless you're working part-time or you got to do volunteering, something like that. Like in your normal uni degree, I don't think they really teach um, conflict resolution so much. So that was one of the main areas that I got asked about that I can remember. I think I got asked the same question in my first interview. I'm not sure. Rubes, you probably did as well because <laughs> we're having the same interviews and the same days and starting on the same day. So, um, no, it will be pretty uh, common, I, I, I think. Do you remember what you said, Ryan? I remember – I can't remember the example, but I remember because I used to work at Revo Sport and obviously running an indoor cricket league there, th- there's a fair amount of conflict that you go through when the umpire doesn't give the right decision. Everyone's had a few few beverageinos sometimes. <laughs> um, and, yeah, things can get a li- little bit tense. I, th- I think I spoke about that. Um, but, yeah, great experience in sports centres, which we're seeing from a few of our guests coming on the show, Rubes. Anyway, back to you, Abby. <laughs> what... um. What does your day-to-day role involve at the moment um, and especially right now as we're currently in AFLW season? Yeah, my main area to do with the football would be I look after the Guernsey club. So each player has a player sponsor. AFLW has one player each and then AFL have three levels. Relating to football, that's probably my main area is managing everyone has a sponsor, making sure they receive their benefits, looking after the events to do with that. But my role doesn't have a whole lot to do with football at the moment. It's all to do with events, sales, marketing, and a lot to do with Carlton in business, which is not football related at all. So it doesn't matter about on-field results. Um, But the main things at the moment is a lot of getting all the orders in the system, making sure the system's in check and preparing for events which we obviously weren't able to have last year so it means we have a lot to do this year and dealing with things in a COVID situation like last week we had the John Nichols medal that had to get couldn't go ahead because there was a case last week so 
coming up with ways that we can work around that and then also managing the fallout from when things can't go ahead, communications with clients, that sort of thing, and a bit of marketing, how we're going to sell round one, round two. They pretty much sell themselves though because everyone's so excited to get back to the footy. But then thinking about what we're going to do for the later rounds is my main focus at the moment. Nice. And how many partners sort of spot – is it – Partners or individuals who basically sponsor the player Guernseys? So each player has three for AFL. So I think that's about 90. Some of them do maybe do one or two. Some players have an opening. But I think overall the whole Guernsey club that we talk about is about 120 members. Um, Yeah. Is that like a hospitality product as well at at the game and you you obviously have to organise that? Yeah. So each player – Sorry, each sponsor receives different benefits depending on the level that they're at. So a gold level would receive like two tickets to a president's club. So that's our match day function. And they receive a signed Guernsey. So I make sure that happens at the end of the season. Photo with a player at an event, scarf. The main event which we've got coming up in March is the season preview. So they sit with their player at that event and with the other sponsored players as well and then as you go up in levels so you've got gold platinum and silver um they get more benefits more tickets to things more inclusions private dinners that sort of thing so i manage making sure everyone gets what they're entitled to and that runs into similar with the carlton in business network making sure all the events um are run do all the invitations all the behind the scenes marketing RSVP, that sort of thing. So, with round one coming up, is that largely what you're working on at the moment or are there other things currently going on in the background? There's a lot going on in the background. I feel like round one feels like this little tiny blimp down a really long black tunnel at the moment. We're so excited to get there. It just feels like it's going to be forever away. There's so much between now and then that needs to be done. And every time I look at the date, I get a little bit more nervous because it's something coming. It's 40 days away. Thanks. I believe. Yeah. Just yeah. a little I'm going to have to go it. now. I've got to go do some work. Yeah, you better head. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Ryan's really happy because his season has just finished. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, gee, it's a good feeling on Monday morning after the BBL is done. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that in uh, September, August, whenever it is. Now, but everyone's super excited about game starting again because that's the fun part of the job. Like f- for the last – year or so we haven't got to do the most fun part which is going to the games and seeing them play in the atmosphere so that's what we've got to look forward to so I think although everyone's working so much at the moment everyone's working so hard we're sort of starting to see some things where we get the payoff and we get to experience it but round one to be honest there's not a whole lot to do for it because it sells itself so well because everyone wants to go the more involved rounds the ones towards the end of the season that's where we have to start worrying about those sort of things. But in my role, it's more about the execution of tasks sort of thing. So I send out comms um, about sales or corporate suites or something like that, or I don't actually have to do so much of the chasing for sales for games. And then I have most of the workload at the moment is more around getting these events up and running because um, we do the next month or so we have a lot of big events that have just happened to all fall around the same time and that's how it will probably be for the rest of the season. But at least we get to do the events. That's the exciting part of the job. So hopefully all going well, that will go ahead. What um 
What do you think are the top, or maybe two or three main skills that are most important to your current role at the moment? Well, I'm just trying to think what my biggest um, problem areas are, and it's always, I don't know if you guys, like CRM, like system management. That's just a constant like headache, and that's sort of my area I look after, the CRM. So managing the relationship between people in my team, like coming to me for help, but also getting help from the system provider. So stay, I guess you call it sort of stakeholder management, just working that relationship. That's one of the probably the biggest area. And just managing workload, what's a priority, what needs to be done as soon as, and the things that can be put aside, and also how you do things. So do you really need to have a meetup with someone in person or is it something you can do via a phone call, cutting the fat? Um, my manager calls it. And at the moment, it's something we really have to focus on because we've got less resources than we had this time last year, trying to present more than we did this time last year. So they're the yeah, the biggest areas that, of importance, I would say, at the moment. Well, I'm glad that you've still got time for us, even though you are in the mindset of uh, cutting the fat. <laughs> you guys just, you just made it in. <laughs> <laughs> Abby, there are so many opportunities for students to gain uh, outstanding experience out there um, within universities. What was your mindset to, to volunteering while at university? And was there a moment when you realized that sport and business was a career path that you wanted to forge for yourself? I didn't see the volunteering that I was doing of how beneficial it was going to be. It wasn't until I started applying for jobs that I realized this is really going to help me, which is I think it's so important for people first, second year to get involved when they can. And anyone that I talk to that's starting out at uni, I say that, but I think Ruben, you're the similar. It's not towards till towards the end of the degree that we really started getting involved. Although that was still very beneficial. I look back now and I was like, what more could I have done? There's other societies that I was interested in, but never even thought to get into it. Um, but yeah, just volunteering in any way that you can. And then I guess it was, wasn't also till the last few years of uni that I realized sport in the way of a position like I'm in right now was a viable career path. I didn't really, I started out like a lot do. I wanted to do physio and I sort of, then I wanted to do sports science, but you don't really know where that's going to lead to. And then I started getting these subjects I really enjoyed towards the end of my degree sports management, sport and society, sport governance, all those sort of ones. I was like, oh, I'm actually really enjoying all of these. I wonder if there's somewhere that I can go with it. And it was only then, I reckon my third or fourth year, I started looking into where they could take me. And I still think there's so much more opportunity that I'd like to try out in different areas. But working in an AFL club, it's it's such a dream. I'm so lucky to have already got here and there's so much more that I want to do here. Um, I feel very lucky and fortunate to have already had such great experiences in AFL so early in my career. What do you what do you think three sort of main actionable steps um, that that a current university student can do to to basically make the most of their time at uni and really start building that platform to to basically kickstart their career? I think finding out early what opportunities there are in the way of what clubs and societies are out there. There's so many at unis that you have no idea about in, that coincide so well with your degree or might be something completely different. That's number one probably. But also on that, number two is they're always crying out for help. Any way that you can join a society, although it's very scary starting out, going to the first meeting or the first event, 
it's super intimidating. But what I've found any society that I've been part of has been so welcoming and so keen to have people that are able to help. Everyone's doing their degree at the same time, working, all that sort of stuff. So they're so grateful of any help that they can get. And something probably a little bit off topic and wish something I wish that I had have done more would be leaning on lecturers. I sort of went to my lectures and then went home and that was the end of it. But now I look back and I have David Chilbury, I think he's one, I think I've pronounced his name right, that stands out so much. I had him for a few classes and I look back now and I'm like, he is such a wealth of knowledge. He's so well connected. Why didn't I pull on that more when I was at uni? The opportunity's there. But I'd say taking the time to just stalk your lecturer on LinkedIn, find out a little bit more about them because you have no idea how helpful they're going to be. I had a lecturer come up to me a couple of years after I finished or contact me and um, asked me to help out with the what was it? The golf open. And I didn't even know. The him president's cup. Yeah. The president's cup. Thanks for your help there. <laughs> um, and I didn't even know him. And now I follow him on LinkedIn and keep sort of connect. Sounds so dorky because in uni you're like, I'm not getting to know my lecturers, but now I'm like, I wish I got to know them more. So that's something I'd suggest to uni students was really lean on them and find out what they can help with. Cause they, most of the time, as long as you go about it the right way, you're really polite and respectful and appreciative. They're more than happy to help you out. I totally agree with that last point. Get to know your lecturers because I had an incident in my final year where I had to complete this major assignment worth like 50%. And I saved the document. I think it was for a sport marketing subject, saved the document, sent it through, submitted it, waited a week, got my result back and it said I got 37%. And I was like, oh, my God, I thought I didn't think it was that bad. And I went to check what I'd submitted and whatever I'd saved had cut off halfway through. So, I'd only submitted half my assignment. And so, I messaged the um, the uh, the unit chair who thankfully I had developed quite a good relationship with and he said, oh, don't worry, Ruben, just send me the full thing and I'll fix it up for you. <laughs> Oh, that's so lucky. And, you know, you have lecturers that you don't even know their name. They're not going to help you out with that. I had the opposite of that. So, I had one that didn't help me. I submitted a marketing um, assignment. I think it was my second or third year. And instead of submitting the assignment, I submitted the draft, which had like nothing on it. So, the whole assignment was thousands of words. My draft had like 500 words. I submitted that by accident. And then I got my marks back and I got zero. And I contacted the lecturer and they told me bad luck. Oh, so I had to well, go in and I had to go into the exam in the exam. So I had to get, I think it was 93 or something ridiculous in the exam to pass. <laughs> and I ended up getting a 50 in the unit, so 50% or whatever it is, but I Whoa. just scraped past. Um, so yeah, you should uh, get good relationships with your lecturers because those you end up yeah. just scraping through. <laughs> I've had that as well where I don't know if I, I like I swear they must have just like fixed it up to a 50 and just be like, we'll just push this person through the subject. (laughs) I I feel like that happens a bit more than we think. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Weird. I've never really had any issues with assignments. I'm uh, highly on time. I don't really, uh, (laughs) I don't don't stuff up the submitting. So, yeah, it must just be you two over there. Not sure what's going on there. (laughs) Never late for a podcast recording. Ah, well, no, timely, timely. So, yeah, anyway. Well, we could chat all day, Abby, but we might wrap it up there. So, thank you very much for joining us on the Sports Grad Podcast. Thank you, guys. It's been so much more fun than I thought a podcast recording could be, but I appreciate your time and what you guys are doing is awesome out there. I wish it was there when I was around. So, well done to you. 
there you have it, Abby McNish. What a what a cool discussion, Rubes. I, I, generally, that that felt like just a chat. We always speak about some really great podcasts that we have are the ones that genuinely sound like we're at a coffee catch up just talking about stuff and that was that was right up there yeah it's right and uh yeah what you won't hear is that we you know we stayed off stayed on the call for about half an hour afterwards just just chewing the fat chewing the fat um but yeah abby was fantastic i think you know what students can take away from her is join a university club or society or whatever sort of um group there is to get involved in because that's where you're going to be able to create the examples that are going to become useful for you down the track when you go into interviews. And she said it, I think I said it too, that we both, if we had our time again, would get involved much earlier in year one uh, of your degree or year two rather than waiting a bit longer. So I think, you know, the number one thing you can take away from Abby is just get involved in some of those extracurricular activities while you're still at university. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I'm i joining you on that one. I don't think I'd join a single club at university, which is shocking. Uh, but if I had my time again, I absolutely would. Um, one of my takeaways was just really around embracing opportunities to deal with conflict whilst you're at uni or whilst you're in a, a casual or part-time role, um, getting your experience up because we, we spoke about it a lot, but it was really just around you know your time at uni and in these casual jobs to start with is around building who you are and, and how you operate and getting that experience. So, it's almost like a practice run for when you enter the sports industry in a full-time capacity. So, really uh, take those opportunities and, and just embrace it as a, as a learning opportunity pretty much because it really is. It's, it's a practice. It's a test run, which is, which is a good way to really look at it, I think. So, um, that was a good one that I found. The last one, which I'll echo again, is become friends with your lecturers. You don't have to know them too personally, but get to know them to the level where, you know, you feel comfortable talking to them and going to them for anything because, as we explained, they become extremely useful in certain situations and you're going to bump into them in the future. Like, don't be ignorant to the fact that once you leave university, you'll never see them again. Everybody, including university lecturers, are is involved in the sports industry and they'll no doubt come out come up at some point in the future. So, start the relationship with them now because they're the ones who want to help you the most and have the capacity to do so too. Awesome, mate. Well, there you have it. Thank you for listening. Um, have a good week. I'm going to have a good week as well. It's a little less stressful, but uh, we'll see you next time uh, on the Sports Grab podcast. See you later. Hey, team. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your friends or your classmates who also have to figure out all of this sports career stuff. As you can see, this podcast is practically a masterclass and it's free. And you and your circles deserve to have it. So please share it far and wide. Finally, when you are ready to make sense of tackling jobs in sport, go check out the Sports Grad Method. This is an ebook I wrote based on eight years of trying to get into the sports industry and teaching others how to do it too. All of that is condensed down into a proven process to getting jobs in sport. If you're like me and enjoy things broken out into logical steps, then I think you're going to enjoy it. To get a hold of that, download it from www.sportsgrad.com.au. Thanks again for listening. Chat to you soon.